Welcome to Irish Illustrated Insider. I'm Tim Priester with Tim O'Malley and Pete Sampson. It's the day after Easter. Notre Dame's spring practices in the books, but it's NFL Draft Week, and Notre Dame has several prospects that will be drafted, others that will be signed as free agents. Before we get into that, there's been a transfer since our last podcast. Noah Boykin, the talented cornerback, uh, has decided to leave Notre Dame. I don't know that any of us are shocked by that. It's a He's a talented player out the door, but Notre Dame needs to cut down to, to get to their 85 scholarship limit. And I don't think any of us three are surprised that Noah Boykin is leaving Notre Dame. I mean, he never did anything during Shrew Ball. Yeah, it's, if he was getting first team reps, if if he had basically had if a he was spring getting like second every team day, reps. if he had, he's getting second team if reps, if you yeah. just switched Noah Boykin and Avery Davis in their reps, then I would have been surprised if Noah Boykin sure. left. Yeah. Sure, he was freaking buried on the depth chart, and when you're buried, you're not playing. You're at a place that's you know tough. Um, you know, inter- a curious fit is probably the nicest way I can put. Noah Boykin in Notre Dame, and like Brian Kelly said, he's an off-profile prospect. Lawrence Keyes is the same. You're not going to click on all of them. You're probably not going to click on most of them, but he was a guy worth rolling the dice on. It In I guess, in some ways, it's probably better that you know uh, before his freshman year comes to an end than sort of meander through three years of trying to make it work. If it's not going to work, just... just Try something else. Yeah, I liked him. I liked the chance they took on him because I thought he was a good cover guy. I hadn't seen it since August. Tim, I remember you and I watched a, uh, probably prior to mid-August before we're getting the stadium last year, there was a couple times where we're like, oh, we kind of, looks like he might be able to play a little bit. And then, <laughs> then you get word that, uh, no, they're going to redshirt him for sure for assimilating to, to camp, to college life in right. Notre Dame. <clears throat> I don't think it ever progressed past that. Um, and then when we're sitting in spring's last practice and they are coaching the hell out of to quote Tim Priester, Timotopi Ogoro, there's a reason for that. Yeah. He, he's the guy that they they were rolling yeah, with. They were, I mean, they were playing different positions, yeah. but still, we know that Noah yeah. Boykin was certainly capable of playing fee, field cornerback. I, You know, I thought it was worth the gamble. I didn't like the gamble when I thought that they were going to shut out uh, uh, DJ Brown from getting a scholarship because I always felt like um, that, that Noah Boykin wasn't necessarily a good fit for Notre Dame, and you were rolling the dice, and you don't know how long he's going to be around. Kid could play now. I yeah, mean, the kid, I, I, I liked the, his film. The, the kid could absolutely play. But when you have a combination of, um, you know, not a good fit, um, not a combination of, but when you, when you have a kid that's n- not necessarily a good fit, then I think it's difficult to bring out the best in him on a football field as well? I think when Brian Kelly says they're having, they have to be well-rounded off the field and people roll their eyes because, let's say, Aaron Lynch wasn't necessarily well-rounded in a fit at Notre Dame, that's the different level of talent. Aaron Lynch just <laughs> gets thrown out on the field, and it doesn't matter if he can't com- right. compartmentalize the rest he of his life. He can rush the passer. He'll just kill you. <laughs> Noah Boykin had to be able to compartmentalize what's going on yeah. in life and in school and go out and play. And, like... Guys that are good fits at Notre Dame sometimes can't do that. It's right. the unique, amazing talents. Oh, it's, that, like, that, it's not like Aaron Lynch sailed through four years in Notre Dame. <laughs> no, no, but I mean, he was fairly like effective. Stephon Chua was him. the same way. Louis Nix was the same way. There's, there's a level, there's a, a, a threshold of talent that once you reach it, I don't care if you have a 2.5, as long as you come up to your, your visit and you convince Notre Dame that you're going to work hard when you're here, great, take them. Um, and I... And that's never going to change. Um, there are always going to be guys like that, um, and that is okay. You know, that's that's how you have to win in major college football. But I think people 
when they listen to Kelly say he has to do everything right off the field to be able to do things mm-hmm. right on the field, they only think of Lynch and to it. Right. There's 70 guys that yeah. have bad practices because of what's going on in their lives. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, you know, and that's why I say when I thought they wouldn't, I thought DJ Brown would make it at Notre Dame. And so it's like if you were going to exclude him because of Noah Boykin, you know why I didn't. I mean, Noah Boykin was celebrating every play he ever made in high school, which, of course, gets under my old hide. But he could play. Uh, and he'll play, you know, I mean, he'll have an opportunity. Do you, uh, Pete, do you have any idea where he might be going? I mean, I guess I would be surprised if he didn't end up at Maryland. Right. Yeah, that's um, what I thought, too. You know, it's like that's a, a program that has a little bit of juice. Loxley being the head coach, yep. D.C. guy, you know, in, in sort of the – where Boykin is from, you know, and it's probably where he was. I don't know if he was ever committed to Maryland. Um, I think he, well, according to Twitter, he was, but yeah. that means nothing. I, okay. Yeah, I mean, that was somebody that, telling that, me on Twitter he was. I guess so I should say, that, that's the obvious one. Have you had an inkling as I to where? Not, okay. No. All right. So, is, all right, Noah Boykin in the next three years, is he more EJ Banks or Isaiah Gardner? Speaking of Maryland. I, I think he will have a decent college. Yeah, I think so, Isaiah, too. So I Isaiah think Gardner. He's, he's yeah. incredible. Yeah. I mean, just... He is a cover corner. I yeah, mean, that, that, kid, that kid can cover. Cold, he has great length. Yeah. You know, he was playing boundary, I think, more out of balancing the, the, the depth so, yeah. chart. But you know when they're balancing a depth chart with a guy that yeah. can't get in, that means they're not. No, he's not right. in the plans. No, exactly. Like, that's, that's the telltale. Is yeah. you, exactly otherwise, right. you just move him. <laughs> exactly right. We have the NFL draft coming up on Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Uh, I don't know how many guys you are going to guess are going to get drafted. I would say... Probably a maximum of six. I'd say maximum of seven because of bars. Are you including bars? I just, I think that, I mean, bars will definitely get an opportunity. No, I mean, I think he'll definitely get an opportunity as a free agent, but I don't don't know. I don't know necessarily that he's going to go in the seventh round. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's so hard to speculate about the difference between seventh round and free agent. Usually when it's a, when you're speculating between seventh round and free agent or sixth and seventh round and free agent, it ends up being free agent. But that's, that's true. Tillery Love, Tranquil, Boykin, Coney, Dexter Williams, um, you know, Elize Mack. I guess Elize Mack could be drafted. Uh, I think somebody will give him a look. He'll get a look, I'm sure. Yeah. But, I, mean, he's still, I have a hard yeah. time seeing him get drafted. drafted. I don't no, I do too. Either. I mean, yeah. I think that's yeah. why I say right. when in doubt, I mean, it's usually free agent. That's what we're t- if you're an NFL team, you're like, okay, I'm just looking at these two guys, which I know is not how it works. But like, <laughs> let's just pretend it is. Alex <laughs> Bars or Alize Mack. I mean, is that even a? No, I hear. I, I don't even know what the consideration. No, would be I hear there. you. Two different positions, yeah. own different needs, and you know, but num- numbers. It don't try fantasy world where <laughs> there are only two players on the board. <laughs> well, in that case, I think we both agree yes. with you, Alex mm-hmm. Bars. So. <clears throat> It's a really weird draft. There's only two guys I know. left in the universe, yeah. too. <laughs> so, uh, Greg, Greg Gabriel, longtime uh, NFL director of scouting, uh, lastly with the Chicago Bears, formerly New York Giants. As our subscribers know, that he he's a uh, consistent contributor to to our website. And and he at the end of last week, he posted, you know, just final thoughts. He had opportunities to speak with some some personnel people. Uh, I think some general managers as well. In um, his final thoughts on Jerry Tillery, there's, I mean, I think there's just too much, a little bit too much uncertainty with with Jerry Tillery for him to go in the first round. Again, it only takes one team right. to want him, right, and right, right. the measurables and the progress that he made. I think he fits first round category. I think he probably goes in the second round, though, all things considered. 
What are your thoughts? He, he certainly is mocked up in a lot of first round pick or first round, uh, sort of in that twenty five to thirty two range. Um, and I like I, I don't I don't have an understanding what the needs are. Like, right. do the Seattle Seahawks need a yeah. rangy three technique? Probably well, based on mock drafts. And and like, who, it's but who's doing, who's doing the mock drafts? This is something that Gabriel pounds home, home to to our subscribers and me as well. It's that it's mock drafts are being done by people that aren't personnel people. Now, are they getting information from those personnel people? Possibly, but it's the draft, and I just don't believe that there are too many loose lips from organizations with people that are doing mock drafts. I, I think there actually are a lot. Like, there are a lot of people that want to talk in the scouting community, but that doesn't mean that they actually have the vote of what you're going to do. Okay. I feel if you're a GM and coach and you talk to Tillery and you came away from that conversation liking Jerry Tillery more, or if you went in knowing nothing about him, then he's your first-round pick for you. And then later in the first round, because his talent and measurables are really impressive. Now, if you came away thinking, well... Then he's probably not. And I go back to something somebody in Notre Dame told me about Manti Teo, saying he is not going to fit in an NFL locker room. I was like, what do you, what do you mean? He's like, he's a regular human being. But I think there's a lot of guys like that. Is Julian Love going to fit in an NFL locker probably room not. per se? But you don't spend a first-round pick on him. And Manti Teo <laughs> yeah. in the second round. Right. <laughs> that was the point. It was not that these guys aren't going to play. It was literally he's a human being. And he's, then he actually said, especially on the defensive side of the ball. I mean, Jerry Tillery's a human being, too. <laughs> there's a lot, I mean, there's a lot of human beings coming out of Notre Dame. There's a lot of talk about Tillery had he stayed in offensive tackle and be a top-five pick. I think that's easy to throw out there and say, and I get it because I think he would have been a really outstanding yeah. uh, left offensive tackle. That means I'll take that guy at the end of the sec- first round because well, of that athletic ability, man. True. I guess I just kind of remain skeptical about whether – I, I mean, I know, I know Gabriel has his ear to the ground and – if there's some concern about how committed Jerry Tillery is to football, which is kind of funny when you consider that he needed shoulder surgery and he went through the combine and, and did a really spectacular job. I, I, I know that's not real football. That's committed for his, to money, too, though. Yeah, no, I know that's, that's not real, <laughs> it is, that's it not is, real that's football. That's right? fine. Which is fine. No, I know. Well, no, that, yeah. And the, I, the committed to football thing, I think what people don't get is it, how long, like, so when you sign your second contract and you have all that guaranteed money, that's when you become a little less committed to football. Logically so, because you're destroying your body and your head. Right. So I don't, you know, yeah, yeah. some guys, it, it makes sense not to be committed after year five. Well, we all agreed Jerry Tillery goes first among the Nordian players, correct? Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah which uh, I think we've felt for a long time, Sure, right? no doubt. But who goes second and third and fourth and what that order is, I think it's, you know, I think it obviously it could be Julian Love, but... There are definitely mixed reactions to him. Um, I would think Drew Tranquil has been cleared medically. I mean, he has all signs are that all the medical tests on him were thumbs up, which is a great sign for him because talk about a guy that doesn't necessarily fit in an NFL locker room, but <laughs> but he, yeah, but, you, he you but he does <laughs> but he does because he's a great football player. Right, he loves right, the game. Right. Um, you know, he's got a lot going on. In the his the life. NFL locker room fit is <laughs> investing your whole franchise into somebody that's the first pick. Right. That was the whole comment from the guy at Notre Dame. It wasn't that they Nobody in the NFL locker room is married with kids. Miles Boykin, uh, obviously with what he did at the Combine, is a guy that, uh, again, it only takes one team to say, man, I was really, really impressed with what he did at the Combine. We're going to go ahead and we're going to pull the trigger into 
Gabriel said possibly second round. I, I think that that's a little early. I'd th- I mean, just like Miles Boykin going in the same round as Golden Tate doesn't make any sense to me. No, I agree. I agree. So who do you think goes second? Uh, uh, I think Love will go second. I would not only do I think like, I can't get past this for Julian Love. I think he is the best Notre Dame pro football player. When when we talk about this in six years from now, I think Julian Love will be the best one. So I would take him second because okay. of that thought. That's I also think that he'll be the second Notre Dame player pick. So I guess maybe I I will go Tillery Love Boykin. The real question Tranquil is, Coney. Okay, so do we all think Tranquil goes ahead of Coney or not? Oh, I definitely do. I do too. Did you? I saw recently an interesting. I, this, but is I about, think I think both Tranquil and Coney are going to be waiting around a while. Like I, I, just, I think I don't, I don't round, see I a team reaching for Tranquil in like the third or the fourth round. This is probably like because again, it goes back to you're telling me that Tranquil was like Sheldon Day went in the fourth round, and I yeah. feel like Sheldon Day was a better college football player than Drew Tranquil. Third round, I think. Would, I, I think th- yeah, I, if he if he lasts beyond the fourth round, I I think I would be a little bit surprised. I would just think, because he's done. I mean, he was tremendous at the Senior Bowl. He was tremendous at the Combine, and he passed all the medical tests. And he had a great college career at three positions. And he's a great guy. Well, and he's smart. All and right. he's a, he didn't have a great college. He had a great final, final two years. Yeah, final two years. No, no final right. two years. Yeah. But he yeah. played. You're right. He did two he, positions. No, he played for yeah. Van Gorder playing yeah. safety. Right. It's like. Run around out yeah. there and make plays. Yeah. I just I look at Drew Tranquil and I think, aren't there a million Drew Tranquils running around in the NFL? And I think I don't probably, think so. I think there are. I mean, I just think if you're an NFL linebacker, the, your athleticism is probably superior to Drew Tranquil, or at least at his level. Interesting. Uh, we talk about if the mock drafts mean anything. Pro Football Focus, I think, was on ESPN giving a uh, undervalued player. From every conference, or maybe it's from every top. Oh, it's from every top ten team last mm-hmm. year. And Tavon Coney was theirs for Notre Dame, saying does not have the athleticism yeah, of he NFL ran a linebackers, four, seven something. but he is this good at football yeah. doing these things. They, they yeah. did, but they graded him out. But I, I think I like Tranquil's versatility as a draft pick more than I like Coney's. Um, I mean, box to box tackling. That makes sense. He ran a four five seven. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I mean I, you know how Tranquil's going to help you on special teams. Coney's not. I would take Tranquil over Coney in, in the draft for versatility and yeah. Um, I mean, I think I, doesn't mean he's gonna be a better player. I mean, no, could, no. Yeah. and I mean Coney's a football player. I, you know, he's, I mean he's gonna play in the NFL. He's a football player. It it stops mattering where they got drafted if they make it to your two and a half. But, but we should really like put <laughs> that's mark this down and like check back on next week's podcast to see. It's like uh, the Isaac Rochelle count. Yeah. <laughs> You're, and you're three, not, you know, not a decade long bet. <laughs> so you have, yeah. So you have Boykin going ahead of Tranquil. Okay? Yes. So and, I, I, yeah, I'll, I'll go. Yeah, that, that'll be Coney, my. You have Coney going ahead of Dexter Williams. Yes. Yeah, Dexter. Dexter Williams, I feel like is will be the last guy drafted from Notre Dame. I agree with you on that. Um, I would. I am not sure who I think will have a better NFL career, though. And this is usually for at this stage, it's usually who picks you. I'm. I. Th- Kind of think Dexter Williams could have a better NFL career than Miles Boykin, though. All that matters is where you go at this stage. Because no, if, if you're not an elite, elite, elite player, the fit really matters in the NFL. I mean, you just you got to have opportunity. Yeah, you have you to have, have. I mean, it's like Josh Adams had a hell of an opportunity last right. year. Exactly. Um, if Dexter Williams fell into that opportunity, I think he would do a very good job running the ball for the a quality have, Eagles team like that. But I have more confidence in Miles Boykin being the guy that's going to do all the right things and will be disciplined and. Will yeah. prepare yeah. better and 
At some point, somewhere along the line, the talent takes over, though, because not everybody in the NFL's no doubt <laughs> just in there no because doubt. they're so well rounded. Yeah. I mean, they're they're really good so football what, players. I, uh, I think the only order that Pete and I disagree on is is Tranquil Boykin. Uh, what what would your order be? It's I think that Boykin Love. will go higher than the linebackers, but I would take the linebackers over Boykin if I'm judging who has the better NFL career. So, so Tillery Love Boykin is my guess. I don't so know if you were if you but, were drafting, you would take Tranquil over Boykin. Yes. I know two different positions. Two different positions, but, but I know. But that's how you draft. You don't draft. You don't just draft by. That's how no, they draft. Not, they do have to look at every position. It's exactly how they draft. Say, okay, quarterbacks go <laughs> first round. We would like to go through the quarterbacks. Yeah, that's exactly how they draft. Um, yeah, I just I feel like I mean Alex Bars could end up having a better career than the, most of the guys we just mentioned. He was trending that way before he got hurt. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know if I'd go that far. Because he only has, would have had one good college season. Well, I mean, he had, he he had, he had a good four and, and a half yeah. game. I mean, right. you know, he had a yeah. good four and a half game. He wasn't know. going. He was going to have a good year, though, Alex Bars. He had yeah, totally so he was going to get game. drafted. And right. I guess there's right. still a shot that he will. But yeah. he was going to get drafted at that point at his size. and This is not, not as fun as Pete has pointed out when I like to say who's going to have a more successful NFL career as guessing who's going to go first so we can have an answer on Monday. Right. <laughs> but the, they are drafting for NFL careers, not just to... Uh, yeah. Have the and talent show on Monday. Maybe. I'm sure somebody, if we're still doing this collectively years from now, I'm sure somebody will remind us. You guys said. The we'll Isaac Rochelle would have a 10-year NFL career. 30% in. 30% You're in. On your just, way. just don't get hurt. Samson said it's going to come down to. I get nothing out of the bet. I will break my arm if he, uh, tapping myself on the back if he has a 10-year yeah. NFL career, though. So. Yeah. All right. Well, we're going uh, well, uh, we have questions in, in segment two about the NFL draft. We wanted, to, we wanted to get a good long conversation in about that. We'll be back for segment two, burning up the boards. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Burning up the board, segment two of Irish Illustrated Insider. We start with a question from the Friedert. When was the last time Nordame's defensive draft class was better than this one? And we're talking about Jerry Tillery. We're talking about Julian Love, Drew Tranquil, and Tavon Coney in particular. Tim wrote down some notes. Uh, Jalen Smith, Kavari Russell, and Sheldon Day. Jalen Smith would have been the first pick in the draft. Does it count that he couldn't be? Yeah. Could have been the first pick of the draft. Yeah, he yeah. I mean, top five pick. Top five pick. How's yeah. that? Yeah. Um, he might have gone first. Oh, he might have gone first. Yeah. yeah I would, but. That was 2016. That was three years ago. 2014, you had Stefan Tuitt in the second round, Lewis Nix in the third, Prince Shumble in the fourth, Bennett Jackson in the sixth. This is better than that. Than was that was pretty good. <laughs> this is better than that, I think. Bennett Jackson's your Tavon Coney, Shembo's Tranquil, Nix's Love, and Tuit and Tillery are right there. I mean, that's a good one. Tuit and Tillery's a good comparison. But but I would take I would take Tuit over Tillery. Yeah, I would too. Yeah. Actually, I was shocked Tuit didn't go, even with the weight gain, didn't go in the first round. Yeah. And then <laughs> 94, uh, going way back. <laughs> Forget it. <laughs> yeah, it was but listen, bad. But listen to this. <laughs> but listen to this. Bryant Young stop. first, <laughs> Jeff Burris first. I'm not comparing. Yeah, no, Bryant like, Young, stop. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. Bryant Young, first round. Jeff Burr's first round. Jim Flanagan, third. Willie Clark as a corner in the third. John Covington, for those that don't remember him, fifth round. He was a 
He was an aggressive, hard-hitting, nasty dude. He didn't like me. Uh, Anthony <laughs> Peterson, fifth round. Pete Bursich, seventh round. That's pretty, that was pretty good. <laughs> That's well, that, the best yeah, I mean that '93 team. It's a shame they didn't win a national title. They they were they were loaded with talent. But yeah, that one's better. Uh, so you like? I mean, you like 2014 better than this one? I just like two better than Tillery. I'm not sure about. Yeah, there's too much anecdotal evidence about the work ethic of Knicks. The, I get to the, it, the life frankly, of Shembo. Right? I mean, no, I mean, but two ended up having a good career. Yeah, Knicks, yeah. Knicks is, yeah, Knicks is out of it. Shembo, of course, you can't even say the name around Notre Dame anymore. Um, although Brian Kelly accidentally does sometimes, and um, I mean, Ben Jackson's still hanging around, which Prince is heck, yeah, yeah, that's, still, that's Prince Shembo, uh, the football mighty. player, was a pretty damn good. Football he really player. was. Um, Love this is, this to me. Is to me, this is better than 2014. I think I, I really like Love. I like Love as a prospect brother than Knicks. Shembo Jackson versus Tranquil Coney. I mean, that's a tough. Yeah, I, I well, you know I don't. Know. I'd rather have Coney, Co- Coney Tranquil versus Shembo Jackson. You think is debatable? Coming out, I think Shembo was really good back then. I think Coney Tranquil are. I think they're much better. I think better I think they're better. Shembo Jackson. I think they're better, but Jackson played. He's still playing. He's still playing. But we didn't know that then. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we he's don't like on practice no, but, and right. stuff. Well, I know, but I mean, that was that was five years ago. That's five years of money. <laughs> I, <don't know. laughs> it's, it, I mean, it's very difficult to compare. But these are these are the the top ones in comparison. Um, how would you say that? Manatee, Manatee. Looks like the defense is a story of haves and have-nots. Elite defensive ends and very strong safety play, while interior D line linebackers and cornerbacks are a suspect. Which group or groups will get sorted out in the summer versus which ones will be Indy's Achilles heel during the regular season? So I guess we're basically looking at interior defensive line, linebackers, and corners. I feel like the interior defensive line in good health will be okay. We'll be fine. I wrote the same thing this morning in my mailbag. Somebody was like, I'm really concerned about the defensive tackles. And I said, like, if you could could just say the top four will be healthy all year, I think Mike Elson would be like, great. Let's go play. No problem. Yeah. Whereas the linebackers top four, five could be healthy all year and they could have a problem. Yeah, I would. Yeah, linebackers is the first, is the first problem. Is the concern. Um, Corner, they have a great I would one. have agreed with what you just said about the interior defensive line until the blue goal game. Don't worry about the blue goal game. No, because that was one. <laughs> no, that was your starting interior yeah. offensive line against your starting interior defensive line. And Heinish and Tagovailoa Mosa were having great difficulty getting off Jerry. Patterson's block. Heinish didn't. Yeah, they, Patterson was. I mean, Patterson was so Patterson impressive. Was good in that yeah. game, man. It was. I, 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 I was think, really impressed. I think all three of us. I, we, I think we said it last week. Yeah. All three of us were like, okay, they were telling us he was good, <laughs> and we saw him practice, but we didn't really see it until the blue gold. Oh game. man, I mean, he was. Correct. Yeah, they I were totally having. They were, he was t- taking their lunch money at times. There was no. There was one really nice play where I because I just did the film review last week where Heinish. Did what he does best, where he penetrates, and he's not going to get off the block. But he has penetrated so far in the backfield, he destroys, and that's that's a great yeah. thing too. Everybody else can do it. it. That's what he has to continue to do. Right. Um, as you said, he got off blocks better last year. Right, than he and he, he did. But uh, Patterson doesn't. This we're veering off, but I mean, Patterson doesn't allow you to. You know, the old expression, "Get in your kitchen." He does not allow. He at least on Saturday, yeah. last Saturday, a week ago Saturday. Those two guys in particular were having re- a really difficult time getting into Patterson, and when that happens, you've negated the the, the pass rush. Corners in the middle because they have. First of all, they have a really good one. Um, 
I think you could you can find a way to have one of the other guys end up being a pretty good corner. It's just the linebackers you have so much going on they have yeah, to Yeah, and you you know, I mean a healthy Crawford. Healthy uh, Crawford helps Houston Griffith becoming just better than he was in the spring, and it's you know what, people do that. There's a healthy He's a top hundred pick with talent. Yeah. He could become yeah. you know, that we he did not have a good spring. No one thinks he had a good spring, but there's no one. You should not give up on Houston Griffith. I've given up on players before after watching him in the spring and be like, you know what, they're wrong. That guy's not well, good. No, I don't feel that way about him. Started, he, man. Made, I mean, yeah. he made some plays <laughs> right. during spring. He could stop the run, too, at corner. Yeah. That's a thing. You know, people run. How many plays did you – but just just curious. Yeah. How many plays did you see him make against the pass? Against yeah. the pass. Yeah. I mean, it's like the whole thing was – it was not a great spring, yeah. but – it's not like he just got yeah. beat and get beat. So beat. biggest concerns: one linebacker. I'm not convinced two. Asmar Bilal, the fifth year senior, should start. No, uh, I think that people share your opinion on I that. Just don't get it, man. <laughs> people that matter share yeah. your opinion on hey, that. Hey, what does that mean? <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. I'm kidding. We don't. We, none of us <laughs> matter. Yeah. I, I'm just kidding. Um, I, that, I'm not saying he should, absolutely should not. Maybe he's the only guy that can keep things in check in September, right? Yeah. Again, if Shane Simon progresses like he showed that he was progressing in the blue-gold scrimmage, then he has some competition. I there. agree, and I will in, say this. In a healthy Drew White. I'm I will, sorry, I could too. That's why I'm saying this, because I asked somebody about Drew White at the one of the last practices when I saw him standing there. They're like, There's a difference of opinion, but one of the main opinions is Drew White was going to be the starting middle linebacker. There's only two opinions involved here that should really matter. As a head coach and as defensive coordinator, I mean, it's not like they're taking into account what the secondary coach thinks about Drew White, right? Yeah. So if if Drew White, like, he started the first practice because he was kind of the guy they wanted. It's not like, oh, they're just rotating Drew White in. It was yeah. the first practice. He was out there. Now, I just don't think he can win the job missing two springs with a cast on his body. Yeah. Do you? It's a little concerning if he does. <laughs> yeah, also is true. It? Yes, no, it is. It's also true. But they they... They liked Drew White. It's 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 break. It's hard to break on a football with a cast on too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Although, Drew Tranquil, Drew Tranquil, no Drew, yeah. Drew Tranquil. Yeah. Uh, so that's where those are. Go ahead, Tim. At Jim Junkie eighty eight, can you comment on the spring of Bo Bauer? This is related, and where he stands with the two deep at linebacker. I think he. It's it's worth remembering every time you ask about Bo Bauer that he committed to the Van Gorder staff. That that, that is that was a guy good. that the previous regime targeted. And thought fit their system. They don't run that system anymore. Um, and I think Bo Bauer is very much like a 1980s style middle linebacker. And that's not what Clark Lee wants his middle linebackers to do. They want them to be able to cover, to drop, to understand space. I think Bo Bauer is very much a always in drive type yeah. of linebacker. He's yeah, and I, you know, when, when Bo Bauer makes a play, it's impressive. Yeah, it I mean, is. He, did, he made is. some plays yeah. on, on a week ago Saturday in the Blue Gold scrimmage at were impressive, but you look better in that game than he did all spring. Yeah, uh, and mm-hmm. what Pete said about pass drops, and what we know to be true about, you know, okay, there, there's the ball carrier. Go get him, bam, he's great at that. But when you have to decipher and make some decisions amidst all the trees, yeah, it becomes a little bit more difficult. I think what it comes down to is the only way he takes that job is if Shane Simon does not greatly progress, and if Asmar Bilal does not greatly progress because then you have at least one thing in your corner. What do you say, Tim? There's the ball. Go hit it. And he's great at it. 
Maybe it's better to be great at something and deficient somewhere else than not good at anything. True, but opponents will absolutely will. pinpoint that shortcoming and will. take advantage of it and over they, the course of time. The deeper you get into the season, the more film there is on people. They'll run tempo on you when you're on there in first and ten, and then you're out there on second yeah. and five trying to cover a slot receiver, and it's a problem. Uh, now, Bo Bauer, real quality special teams player, will be a member of that team all along. Maybe he can improve some of the deficiencies that he has it, as far as diagnosing things. I like what they did at the goal line. It was Bauer at the Mike and Simon at Buck at times. They had, little, they had so many goal line plays well, in that, that blue goal game. That's, and that certainly makes sense. Yeah. That, that makes sense. Uh, Jay Jude, which player from spring is most likely to pull a Tavon Coney or Deshaun Kaiser, i.e. bad spring but becomes a top player on the team? Uh, I mean, it's a good question. I, hmm. Lee Meikenberg? I'll go with Liam Meikenberg. If that, that might, I might be like his springs way really better than Kaiser's, but yeah, yeah, but, but I just might be yeah. joining like the spring, the guy they need to do this the most. That's um, true. And I thought Eichenberg was like kind of not great. I mean, he was the fifth offensive lineman during spring, and they needed him more like the second. You know what? I wrote a little quick thing for Monday Musings where I did stock up. And all it was was how they entered spring versus how they exited, in mm-hmm. my opinion. Mm-hmm. I did not list Eichenberg as a stock up. Right. You know, Garrett Patterson was a stock up. Tommy Kramer was a stock up. Right. I'm not saying Tommy Kramer's better than Lee Meikenberg. It's yeah. that he right. didn't make the step. I got to say Houston Griffith, right? If he had a bad spring, he's the most likely guy to go out there and be really good. You have to take talent in the... Yeah, I mean, I don't know that I, you know, bad thing. spring. No, none that, of, none of a, these guys. That's a rarity, and it's a good question because those were two guys that had bad spring. <laughs> Nobody had the Kaiser bad spring. That was remarkable. No. I mean, we, we didn't. You wouldn't even have charted anything Kaiser did no, all spring no, until a, the spring game. <laughs> yeah, it was a two-person quarterback battle, and you're just, that guy was not even. He was third. <laughs> he was way Maybe. third. Yeah. Yeah, that was probably, I mean, was that. <laughs> you're a, right. He was coming in. Wimbush was coming in. He was right. barely third. Yeah, I remember <laughs> doing a story on Wimbush and talking to his trainer about they took a visit to the spring game and watched Kaiser and be like, whoa, all right, we're in good shape here. <laughs> and that was a. I mean, that was largely a motivation issue. He yeah, knew yeah. he was third and trending, <laughs> trending away. Trending not to second. Yeah. So, <laughs> anyway, I don't know that I have a guy that was bad right, in, I don't think in, was in bad, the spring was... that will become one of the better players. I still think that Jen Markeith is a guy that can emerge at, at inside linebacker, at buck linebacker. Uh, Get... can, can he take the job away from buck? I think, uh, I think Lamb. from Lamb. I think Lamb has already established something at Buck that is going to be difficult did, to remove. Did Jim Markeith have like like an anonymous spring? Is that how you would describe yes. it? I just don't yeah. remember ever seeing him do anything. He, I, which I don't say. know if that's like a bad spring, but it certainly is like a impact free spring. It's bad if the job's there for the taking, maybe, yeah. and you don't take it. And, yeah. and it certainly was there for the taking. Uh, yeah, for instance, I wrote down Lamb, and I did not write down Jen Markeith. Like, they just didn't impress me right. more than I was impressed by and him. You talk about people that notice that matter. I think that that was a case where it was noticed that Jen Marquis not he's, he's not he's not making plays. He's got to make plays. I did talk to him post-Blue Gold game. Yeah, Markeith. And, good interview. Yeah, really good. Yeah, really good interview. And I remember last year's interview, he was like, man, this, this new weight and the more weight I have to put on. He kind of admitted, like, I'm not I'm not used to it yet. And that is the case for, I mean, think about a guy playing in space, putting on a bunch of weight. So his his greatest strength was he was an aggressive, fast safety, and now he's moved to linebacker, puts on 20 pounds. It's not natural. Mm-hmm. He did say now, he goes, I feel like I carry this weight well. Maybe this, maybe, he's not going to say that's not true, but maybe the summer will really kind of tighten up that new weight 
let him wear it well and, and, and run. Because you know he can run a little. I, li- I really liked him when I thought they would move him to Rover. I really thought they moved to Rover. Yeah. And Clark Lee finally referenced it. Like They had to skip the, they had to skip the, the Rover. process. Yeah. Uh, how about, I mean, candidates for this. Derek Allen would be a candidate for it. Yeah. Um, he had his best practice ever in the Blue Gold. Jonathan Dorr would be a Jonathan Dorr would be a candidate for it. Yes. He had had his Um, best practice ever in the penultimate practice we saw. (laughs) Not that this is. No, no, in the the previous, he's seven out of eight, I think. Not that this is a guy that is going to make an impact this fall, but I think Andrew Christoffick is better than what we saw of him. Mm Hmm. Hmm. I don't know. Not well, too many I guys. Mean, not Ger- too many guys. White would qualify. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Not too many guys fit the description, and it's rare what what Coney and and Kaiser did. Uh, at Maddie Mill three twenty four, would you rather have back uh, for one more year Drew Tranquil or Justin <laughs> Yoon? Which I think is <laughs> Tranquil. Yes, it's not even it's close. An interesting even, question, no, but it's, it's not. It's a fun question. <laughs> but I, I, we yeah. all say Tranquil because that's a guy that's playing every snap. Yes, that's uh, why. Now, if you tell me, if you grant me the fact that it'll be 24-24 in Athens going the fourth quarter, I'll say I'd like to have Justin right. Yoon back. <laughs> what if we, uh, what are our rephrases? Would you rather have back Tranquil or Yoon and Newsom? That was my thought. Tranquil still. But both of them would really be good for next year's team. Newsom and Yoon. Because you're moving the ball. You'd have that kicker and get yourself out of yeah, some trouble. And, and speaking of which, jumping back to the NFL draft, uh, Justin Yoon's range is, is certainly going to hurt him on the next level because these days you've got to be able to kick it from 60. Yeah, they're all and amazing he's not now. That accurate, at, like NFL no. kickers are like ninety five percent. They're amazing now. It's yeah. really incredible. The days are gone of unless they're you're a Bears fan. AI kickers. Well, and the, and, oh, and the the goalposts are closer. The the footballs look like they're greased. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they just got them out of the box. And now here, now kick a fifty four yeah. yard field goal between those narrowed goalposts. And they're like, no problem. Yeah, <laughs> but, but Tyler Newsom, I think, is a guy that if he yeah. can if he can be consistent. You know, there's a guy that averaged four, I, four yards. I want to know how many players we would have to add to the other side of or before the answer. Like, so if I'm doing this on the drive what, down. What, what if I did? What if I said tranquil or Yoon, Newsom, and Dexter Williams? I'd rather have that. But what if I told you this? By a lot? Like, no. he, did, he didn't have. I didn't okay. have that. I'd like to add him. But to like with Jaf- Jafar yeah. Armstrong, you yeah. know, you've, Alabama throws guys out there that sure. run all over the place, Fair. and it's fun to watch them. How about this one? This is what I thought on the drive down. Believe it or not, Usum, Usum, Yoon, Newsom, and Wimbush. Oh, tranquil. <laughs> yeah. How about when? I mean, you still have Ian Book on in Athens. Oh well, good point. Good point. Or against Virginia. All right. Or Louisville. Uh, yes, we can play. Well, Bonner. The, uh, okay. Tranquil versus you, Newsom, or Bonner. That's a good one. Ah, Pete I, wins. I've Pete, set a Pete good wins. line. You win this no, round. I take, no, I still take Tranquil. Yeah, I would too. I yeah. would too. Yeah. Love. Just kidding. All right, <laughs> All right. Here's a long question. You, have, you, you read it. <laughs> Wreckers 33 hot. With the news that Noah Boykin is transferring, this is just another example of the poor success that ND has when recruiting at-risk or off-profile kids. While it seems like ND has improved its focus in this area with Brian Polian as the coordinator, does ND need to further focus its efforts on kids who will be comfortable and ready for the academic and cultural challenges? If so, are there enough profile fits for Notre Dame to compete for the playoffs? I find I, I, I find this question ironic because w- what was the conversation on the Four Horsemen Lounge after the, the Cotton Bowl that... Notre Dame has to. I mean, they they've got to get they've got to re- get more four or more five star guys. Forget about the RKGs and fitting the system. They got to be more talented in order to beat Clemson in the combo, which theoretically is true. But 
Because Clemson's ha- awfully good. What, but and it's not like, and Pete, you said it. I mean, it's not like Notre Dame has, uh, it, it recruits a lot of players that don't fit the system of the program mm-hmm. or profile to Notre Dame. They take a few chances. They've, you know, since Lou Holtz got here, they've taken, they've, you always take a couple chances along the way. Um, so it's a fine line. I think, I, you know, I mean, Notre Dame has to recruit. They have to, they have to keep both in mind. They have to recruit talent. And they have to pick and choose when they they go for a kid that isn't doesn't fit profile. I think you're doing a good job of it right now. It's okay to have transfers. Like it's yes. healthy when you do, you know, because not everyone's going to work out. I'd rather I'd rather have the guy leave than just sit the bench and be a malcontent and not contribute. Then you can go out and find whoever the next Noah Boykin. Not is. that you're saying Noah Boykin was going to be a malcontent. No, just like, but not into it. You know, yeah. there are plenty of guys. Once you know you're not going to make it, are you really as locked? Oh, in? that's a kid. I mean, that, no. kid, that kid's got great confidence, his ability, and he wants to play. Yeah. yeah. So you're right. Good, good decision for him now. But I just, it's it's a fine line, and I think Notre Dame always takes a, a couple chances here or there. But it does no good, and this is why I argued with the people after the Cowboy. It does no good to recruit a bunch of guys that aren't going to fit in at Notre Dame, aren't going to make it in Notre Dame anyway. The problem, like Notre Dame needs to do a better job closing on Paulson to Tabo. That's they need they need to do a better job hitting at the and I I, I would argue that in this class they're putting together right now. Well, that's they are that, doing a better. No, job. No, that's just it exactly. Yeah. That will 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 know how well they do based upon the class that they're recruiting now because the the. There are more high four-star, five-star guys on their list that they have a legitimate chance of getting than in recent years. But I would argue those guys are always there. Like I, No, the, I don't disagree like with there's that. There's a Chris Tyree every year. There's a Braden McGregor every year. Notre Dame doesn't. There's a Jordan Johnson every year. They haven't year. done a good job of, re, of recruiting some of those guys. Yeah. They, yeah. No, they, I agree. So that, I think that's where they are, um, you know, and but taking a chance on a Noah Boykin and the Lawrence Keys, I would take those guys – 100 out of 100 times. Yeah. And this is kind of a lower-ranked recruit, but a better player than both of them, Kevin Stefferson. Sure. I easily turned into it. He was a, going to be a great college wide receiver. A great one. He was. A, he When he played, he <laughs> yes. was a great yeah. college wide receiver. I, it's like I would take Aaron Lynch every time. Uh, I would take yeah. Stephon Tewitt every time. I would take Lewis Nix every time. Like I, I wouldn't think twice about yeah. those. Well, also the greatest fits in the world, like Max Redfield, get dismissed from the team. So you don't you just, know for you sure. You just can't have to, you, <laughs> right? you, I mean, you, you can't yeah. have a dozen of those at a time on the Nordic no. roster. You no, you can't. You're right. You're right. I totally agree with you. But yeah. if, I mean, would anyone be like, well, you know, Steve Elmer, I'm not sure if we want to take that guy because <laughs> yeah. he, he retired or, before his senior year. No. Or Max Redfield. Yeah. That's the. Yeah. I couldn't have been. Yeah, better fit for Notre Dame. You're always going on to the have surface. That. Uh, at Joseph Ramos, do you think Troy Pride is considered a lockdown corner? If so, do you ever see a game this year where Clark Lee just sticks him on the opposing team's best wide receiver? Yeah, I mean, I, I could see that happening. Need the lat- what? Which question are you answering? Just uh, stick him on the best. Well, maybe not if he's playing in the slot, but right. I, I think that they probably. Just based on what I saw during spring practice, they seem a lot more flexible with boundary and field having it be right-left. Um, you know, if you're playing tempo, I don't think they're going to be so hell-bent on, well, you're the boundary and you're the they field. Can't. You can't think no, it's really high tempo. You just yeah. have to line up because we saw a handful of times where Houston Griffith was playing the field and Troy Plyard was playing the boundary. So who does he lock down, Vons or St. Brown? Bring that argument back. But, uh, yeah, if Troy Pride's that much better than... If the if the gap is like it is now, which if the gap is like it is now, this is going to be an unfortunate conversation after. Is a loss. he a lockdown corner but now? I he's 
I had he, I hesitate or, as I hesitate much as I like his game. I, I really like his game. I don't. I mean, he's not as good of a cover corner for me as uh, you know what. Troy Pride ended last year really well. Troy Pride had a pretty good Cotton Bowl and a really impactful USC game when he's stripping the ball. I. He gave I, up one touchdown all year. Yeah, I think and it was on the last play of the USC game to a guy that jumped forty-seven feet in the air. I, I think he's right. He, I think he is right there as a lockdown defender. I don't think he's going to break up if, as many passes as Julian Love. Okay, but. if he's not there now, I think he will be as a senior. Yeah, I think we yeah. we we all agree on that. I, I think he, if he plays the field, it will be a lot like last year, where he will give up a, a lot of six-yard catches, which is great, which is yeah. a win, especially for nowadays. Him. Oh, nowadays is just what you do. What would Chuck like, Martin say about that? <laughs> never never went to the film room never, on Monday and said, man, we lost because we kept getting that pass to the flat. <laughs> He's right. <laughs> it's true. Uh, I mean, I, just, I do want, you know, I mean, I, I don't know that you can always say, okay, Troy Pride, you, you follow this. Cause then, that's then a special just, talent. Well, I, if, you're, if, if you're still struggling at corner like you were this spring, you know, teams have more than one good receiver. And, yeah. You know, I, I you want you want pride into the field side a you majority do. of the time, but but what you guys are saying about tempo, you you don't always yeah. have that luxury. I, the notion of him locking up the best receiver, I would say it's possible, but that is like threading a very yeah. small eye of a very small needle. That 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 would make sense to even try to do. Right. That's yeah. I, I mean, most. So it would be I mean, example like, would be Virginia Tech. Virginia Tech Hazleton. has Randy Moss. Okay, Lord's going to put Troy Pride on him. Yeah, like, depends on. Yeah. So you're saying Justin Ross isn't on lockdown no, mode just I because just they put him out there? I know. And it, like you, you brought up USC, they have two great receivers, yeah. so it doesn't make well, sense. It doesn't Clemson, make sense to Clemson like Clemson. lock down one or the other. Yeah. Um, well, Virginia Tech's an example. Hazleton was killing Notre Dame, just killing Notre Dame last year. Would he be in this year? Would let's say he's killing. I mean, you're not. T- let's say Love gives up some catches. You're not well, taking Kuma, Love off him. And Kuma scored against yeah, him too. It, you, that's well. There's a good. There's right. a good point. Right. What are you going to do? That's you, there's other players out there. Usually, if you're going to lock down Chase yeah. Claypool, Chris Fink will catch 11 passes. Yeah. Irish math. After seeing Quinn Carroll in practice, what do you think the chances he stays at tackle versus moving to guard? I love that question. I mean, I I, I think the situation dictates that he stays there now. Um, I felt. When I when I first saw his film in high school, I said I really like this guy as a tackle. I think he has even greater upside at, at guard, and the Carroll family seemed to like that, which is a, which is rare because you know everybody yeah, everybody, I mean, wa- everybody wants to play tackle. Because Quinn Nelson just left. Yeah. Yes, guard. <laughs> I, I mean, you, you know, you tell even a guy Quinn Nelson wanted to play tackle. Yeah, guy, oh, I think yeah. you're going to move to guard. Their first reaction is is negative. Uh, I don't think the Carroll family reacted that way, based upon Twitter. Uh, you're Troy Nicholas at guard. Yeah. The greatest comment of all time. Anyway, I, I mean, I think the situation, I think, right now clearly dictates that he stays a tackle. Did they get Tosh Baker and Jimmy Chris? Yeah, right. That's right. They, you they, know, they, I, the, what happens with the current freshman class hinges on what happens with next year's. But it won't, class. but it doesn't necessarily change the depth chart this fall because you have to. Oh, he'll be a tackle no, this fall. They have a redshirt at tackle or right. redshirt at guard. Yeah, but they have a hundred well, guards. Yeah. yeah, they have yeah. A many guards before the. They a lot would have to go wrong to get to Quinn Carroll. It would take an act of God to have to get to Quinn Carroll at guard. They have so many options with Rulin can play guard. Lug can play guard. Dirksen could go in and play guard ahead of Quinn Carroll. The two starting guards. Yeah, right. This is a tackle. I mean, you've got to think. Do we really want to move Tommy Kramer from right guard to right tackle for the whole year? This is a really good question for yeah. spring of twenty twenty one. Yeah, you know, because like you've uh, Eichenberg and Hainsey back. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, for yeah. Like right, all right, five right. starters are going to return yeah. on your offensive yeah. line. Christoph- is Christophic developing? Yeah, yeah. Those Ch- kind of things. Like, Baker, check, Baker. check back later on this. There yeah. are more guards. Than Baker, Christopher. 
or as far as the future, that's that's uh, that's really significant. Uh, CMU, CM, Pence fan. CMU Pence fan. Name one player on the Irish defense who is not associated with the defensive line or safeties. It has to have the biggest impact in 2019 for the Irish to have a great season. Houston uh, Griffith. Yeah, I was going to say a corner, so Houston Griffith is the first one that comes to mind. If Sean Crawford has a great season, it would be a great story and would also work. Uh, or when, whichever linebacker is going to emerge. Yeah, <laughs> Linebacker, TBA. Yeah. Okay, let's say pick one guy to have a great season. Do you want Houston Griffith, or what could you, would you pick a linebacker to have a great season? Where you're like, wow, man, I can't believe how good he Houston played. Houston Griffith. Because Troy Pride is going to have a great and season. So are the and so are the safeties. Yeah, I think I would agree with you. I mean, what, what defense but where what you if all four starters had great seasons? In the secondary? That's automatically but a if, very, very good at defense. At Pride, at least you have a great corner, and then you can roll some things up to the other side. Whereas if you have – what if you're Mike and Buck? And, what if you're Mike and Buck, you're just not getting any kind of consistent play, which – which absolutely could happen. Is it more realistic that Houston Griffith and or Sean Crawford has a great season than any Mike or Buck? Isn't uh, it? Yeah, I, yeah, I guess. I mean, I kind of think that. I think that. I think Jack Lamb is. Yeah, is a, I feel like is he's a year away that, from a great season. Probably, but probably, but I also think that we could be healthy. saying. Yeah, we could yeah. be saying halfway through the season. You know what? Jack Lamb's playing pretty damn good. You know, right. Buck linebacker right. for Notre Dame. Uh, where are we? Wash ND. Do you think people are being a little tough on Phil Dracovic after an up and down spring? I seem to remember, and he references a certain redshirt freshman in 2015 who had a horrid spring camp at a terrible blue goal game, yet became the best QB of the BK era the following fall. Okay, but but what happened with Deshaun Kaiser has no bearing on whether, right? It has no bearing on that. Was, that was a clear exception to rule. We already talked about this. So, I mean, the fact that Deshaun Kaiser did that has no bearing on the critique of Phil Dracovic up to this point. The biggest difference for me is that Kaiser was the third-string guy that was not receiving as much attention from the coaching staff as well. Phil Dracovic is the second-string guy that has to go start if Ian Book gets hurt. That's the big difference. At that point, that's the big difference for me. Uh, I I think people are being accurately hard on Phil Dracovic, where he needs to get a lot better, and if he doesn't, Brendan Clark is probably going to beat him out. That that, That would be remarkable if he does beat him out. And by truly beating him out, I mean if you actually see... The depth chart, or if Book gets hurt, Brendan Clark comes in a game. I mean, it's it's within the realm of possibility. That's the best um, way of saying it. I think could, for, could yeah. it could, but could you have a replay of 2015 where Phil Jakovic just like the lights suddenly go on after Ian Book gets hurt against New Mexico? I guess. I mean, I wouldn't rule. I would. It's college football. I wouldn't rule anything out. Yeah. Um, yeah. But Phil, like Phil Jakovic, has a much <laughs> longer path to travel to being a ready college football quarterback than I think anybody in this room thought. Oh. Probably a bunch of people in the Goog as well. Because at the beginning of... What, what did we want to see from Phil Jacoby? It wasn't putting heat on Ian Book. It was can you be good enough to put in a game in Notre Dame win? And we came out of spring thinking like, I don't know. Right. And that's where... The, I mean, the most... Well, what the two most important things for a young quarterback or any quarterback, you need to be accurate and you need to be able to recognize coverages. Brendan Clark has a chance to be more accurate than Phil Dracovic yeah, in the fall. My only issue with that theory, and I I mean, I get it, what you're saying is, the only issue we're not tearing apart Brendan Clark's game from the spring is because he wasn't here. <laughs> Very Every true. time a freshman comes in, you no, think, well, that, I just think this guy will step yeah, in for Sean Crawford right. at nickel. Yeah, you know what happens? What happens? He gets benched two games later. What, what happens is we go to Culver and we see 17 <laughs> minutes of practice and it's like, oh my God. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah. Right? right. The, mo- I mean, like, the most likely scenario is Phil Jakovic improves over the summer and is a backup quarterback. Capable backup yeah. quarterback this fall. I agree. And Brendan Clark is three in red shirts. Like, that's the most likely scenario. You're just but saying it's not. We saw what happened. With Desha- like, that's where what happened with Deshaun Kaiser is relevant only because it's college football. And it's a reminder. Okay. You never know what the hell is going to happen. Okay. I agree. I agree. That's a good question. I, I would, I don't, it's It's got to be a top of everybody's mind because he's one snap away. Yeah. Sure. And I would agree that it's more likely that that happens, but it's probably at a 57% likelihood. You know, you know what I'm saying? Yes, I mean, yeah. I, yeah, I don't know. I don't we'll know. probably get another this two is a, questions. This is anyway. a, we spent we we spend our whole lives speculating. That's basically what we do is we speculate. Uh, Maddie Hebs fourteen. The coaches have been quoted as saying that from his time at safety, Palmawala is good in pass coverage. My eyes tell me from watching the spring game that he also has great instincts against the run. Can you see the possibility of Mawala coming into fall camp pushing for the starter role at Rover? For me, I see. Drew Tranquil-esque type of instincts. Curious what you guys think. I like Ousu Koromoa more, partly because of his kind of twitchy athleticism, but also he's been playing Rover for, if you include scout team his first year, 30 months. Mm-hmm. And Paul Rovers or Paul Mawala has been playing it for three weeks. So I kind of like, I just like what Ousu Koromoa brings. This is a developmental program, as Clark Lee loves to talk about when, and when we talk to him. The developmental situation is working for Ousu Koromoa. He just missed last year and fell out of it because he broke his foot. I think he would have been even farther along without that. But I, I like Ousu Koromoa. I think more than most people do, I guess. I feel like, Oh, I'm right there with okay, you on okay. him. I think Paul Moala will have a Jordan Jenmarkeith type of season. He moved That's a good one for last year, midway yeah. through spring ball. He did some good things. We talked about him a bunch. And then he was uh, a clear backup. He started you know, a game and, and yeah, yeah, he had to well. go in. Yeah, he was yeah. a guy. He was a guy that they could put in in a pinch. Um, I think that certainly Husukormo is a lot closer to Moala than Tranquil was to Jordan Jemarkeev. Yes, that's but very I fair. just I think Moala is going to be a, a good backup this year. Who is a all four special teams unit guy, and, and a, that's great. And a heck of a recruit from what we all yeah. rated him, right? Oh yeah, 27, for sure. 27, 27 right here out of twenty seven guys. That's He's already passed that. Did I have him there? I don't know. I did. So did Pete, I, I I right? did I you have twenty seven? Remember? Pretty exactly. close. Yeah, I, mean, I mean, he wasn't. Yeah. He wasn't twelve, right? It, no, <laughs> yeah, twenty. Yeah, yeah. yeah. At, at the at the highest. Um, you know, there's nothing wrong with having a tag team there, and I, I too, no, I came out of the spring very impressed with Usu Koromoa before the blue goal game, but that that added to it, uh, the twitchiness that you talk mm-hmm. about. I agree with that, but I also see Mawala as a, and I and I understand why. Maddie Hebb's fourteen would say, you know, tranquil s because he was attacking the football like he tranquil really does aggressive. and would. Yeah. yeah, so I wouldn't get. I mean, just I wouldn't get overly concerned about who's first or second. I think both are going to play. I think there's a chance. I'm a little bit more confident that he's going to contribute more than Jim Markeith did. Yeah, because there's there's, but, right. there's not as he did, but he had tranquil right, right. The, tra- the 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 yeah, the tra- exactly the tranquil gap was huge. So the best thing about Moala is when we saw him out there at safety, you never once thought that's going to work out, and he's going to be a really good college safety. And he moved to Rover, like, well, that's a quick assimilation he just had to Rover, right? Mm-hmm. You didn't look back there and think he's going to start roaming that back line and making plays, did you? No, no. And he admits it because he told him, he said, my teammates always saw me as a linebacker, 
but it's not because of my skills. It's because I was heavy. Well, yeah, it was, was a great line. It was interesting. That you said I, I came in at linebacker size, yeah. and then they wanted me to lose weight. Now they want me to get back up there. Uh, chances are, though, the, the, this additional weight the second time yeah. though will be better than it was the first time. I'm glad he lost the weight. Yeah, I think. yeah. At Way to Go K-Man, Rashawn Gary, Chase Winovich, Brian Burns. This is a Liam Eikenberg uh, nightmare scenario. And the entire <laughs> Clemson defensive line will all be drafted the first two rounds. How do you see the 2019 opponent's defensive lines? Uh, I, be, I said last week that you know I don't know about the opponents yet. I'm, I'm trying to make some inroads since the yeah. end of spring a week ago. I can't speak to um, you know exactly the defensive lines, but I do know that Notre Dame is fa- – Okay, look, you, when you were when when you ranked when you were lousy in rush defense the last year, it's harder to move up. Whereas if you're like ranked 14th in the country um, in rush defense or 31st like Georgia was, I don't even know how I'm I, how I want to say this <laughs> now to tell you the truth, but. Let me just say this: Nordame faces <laughs> just on the surface. Nordame is facing some rush defenses that were awful last year. Six of their opponents ranked 90th or worse against the run. It's hard. I guess what I'm trying to say is those that were that lousy, yeah. it's hard for them to improve yeah. a whole lot mm-hmm. uh, just by playing experience coming back from the previous year. And Witovich, Burns, and the Clemson defensive line, I took it immediately to look at as getting after the passer, and they will. Notre Dame is not facing that this year. That is that was ludicrous what they, what they yeah. ran into last year. I mean, George is going to unleash some athletes, but let Clemson's defensive line came back to win a national championship yes. as veterans. That was the plan, and then go pro together, and it worked. You know, and I and I just I, I I took a cursory look at the front sevens as yeah, opposed yeah. to the, the 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 defensive line. Um, Chase Winovich was the worst guy to play against for for four quarters last in the old, year. In oh the, my in the gosh! First, in yeah. the first game, of it the was year, ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. It was just it's, that yeah. effort he put forth is outstanding. Ba- I effort. mean, Boston College had the most seniors in that front seven, but they weren't good. At, I mean, they by Boston College standards, they weren't very good. They were a 155 yards rushing game. By the way, you'll be glad to know that. Louisville with Coach Van Gorder yeah, gave go. up 6.02 yards per carry. They will be better against the run in the pass than they were last year. Both the run, the pass, pass rushing, thinking, <laughs> everything smarts, will be better. Scheme, <laughs> scheme, liking and learning things. Yeah. <laughs> it's all going to be easier. But I, I, I do. I just want uh, here's some of last year's opponents, and we'll end on this. Louisville gave up 6.02 yards per carry. New Mexico 4.86. Even Georgia gave up over four yards per carry, which is a little surprising. Virginia. 4.34, even though they only gave up 20 points per game, which was 21st in the country. Bowling Green, 5.88. USC, 4.3. Virginia Tech, 5.46. I mean, these are bad rush defenses. Yeah, they Navy, have bad rush defense. five yards a carry. Uh, Duke, 4.98. So, I mean, I'm sure that I'm sure a lot of these teams will improve against the run, but this plays into the notion that we think Notre Dame's going to have prolific offense. They're going against some defenses. They're going to have to come a long way before they're decent, let alone good. Yeah, I mean, I think this the Gary Winovich Burns. I mean, Clemson wasn't included in what, what we were talking about in the offseason, but we sort of knew before the season started. Yeah, we talked all about that. Man, they're like, I don't know how many stories you wrote about Rashawn Gary and Chase Winovich before the season yeah. started. I don't know what the, I don't know what the position group is. This fall that really jumps off the page and sort of like wow, like opposing the, group. Yeah, that's yeah. a great point. 
two years ago, you and I, we were all talking about uh, Georgia's linebackers in the, in the offseason, too. For like, good reason. Yeah, what's the best What's the best player they face is what we always do. And it was, uh, I don't know, but Georgia's linebackers are involved in it. And that was, that was ridiculous. Those that, were unique. That was one talent. of the most ridiculous things. And, and when, when you're going through it in the summer and it's like, oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. And with some guys in front of them, too. They yeah, could right. keep blockers right. off you. Yeah, you know, it's like Georgia as a program is like, by far the the biggest problem that Notre Dame will face, but like beyond that, I'm not sure. Like who's the, you know, I w- who's the 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 game wrecker offensively or defense? I'm not sure there are a lot of them. Be, well, you know, I will say I was thinking of this because I'm going to do a quick spring series on having the opponent to talk about what the, the opponent did this spring. So Notre Dame fans can kind of see where they where We're the teams coming out of because yeah. I'm on that too. <laughs> um, <laughs> Well, I, I just talking to opposing beat writers, so that's oh, like, oh yeah, good, yeah. no, good, um, good. But the point is that uh, I was thinking to myself, like, what is the when you're trying to figure out the the, the schedule? Obviously, Georgia's clearly the hardest, and then we're, it's at Michigan. Michigan's the second hardest. So if you're just going by material, nothing to do with the game situation of like coming after Georgia and having to play Virginia, that type of thing. I mean, USC does have the quarterback and the two wide receivers, right? There's some game breaking talent right there. I you know. If you follow USC's offseason, yes, it's been JT Daniels is not sudden is not like viewed as a sure thing anymore, which is crazy to me. I know, um, he, but he had a poised game against Notre Dame. But their receivers are they're, they're they are they're game wreckers. Those they, two are game. They wreckers. are now, now for USC to turn around their awful season last year. They're going to have to get way better defense. Oh yeah, I'm not saying they're the best, but yeah. But when you just throw some raw material, oh no out doubt, there, I, no 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 doubt about it. that's why when people well who's going to beat Notre Dame well. <laughs> yeah, there are teams that can beat Notre Dame. You get caught up, and I know that we, Notre Dame had a great season last year. But you get caught sometimes. I think as Notre Dame followers, when things go well, you get caught up in that, and you have to yeah. realize that that other teams other teams can beat Notre Dame. I also want to go back to the the Winovich Burns thing. Like people are like, well, Notre Dame killed Florida State with Burns, and and they handled Michigan all game. If Winovich didn't play, it would have been forty to ten. Chase Winovich was a dominant force in that game. No, and Brian Burns was. was all over Brandon Wimbush. I mean, I know they killed them, but it would have been even worse. <laughs> like, yeah. so I, mean, this, I don't these think guys Brian are... Burns threw any interceptions. <laughs> no, so. it's they, those guys were players, and that's they're able to end up facing some players this year too. Believe it or not. All right, we're going to get back together after uh, the draft this weekend, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. We'll be back on Monday, April 29th. To recap that, and I'm sure to talk about linebackers, interior defense alignment, <laughs> and the cornerback spot opposite Troy Price Wait, Jr. What about Phil Jacobic? Phil Jacobic, <laughs> too. Thanks for joining us. We'll uh, we'll be back next week. Thank you for listening to the Irish Illustrated Insider Podcast. If you enjoy our coverage of Notre Dame football, please consider supporting the podcast with a small donation. Go to irishillustrated.com/support. Your support will help Irish Illustrated continue to be the leader in coverage of Notre Dame athletics.